Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 237 of the Drunk Dashers Podcast. I'm your host, as always. I am Tyler. And joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Ah, I got myself a PS3. Nice. <laughs> Welcome to the current generation. I uh, know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know people are going to people obviously poke fun at me because I love to go back and play older games. But uh, to be perfectly honest, other than like uh, work and doing all the same rigmarole stuff. I decided to go forth and just get my PlayStation 3 that I got on a layaway. So basically what this uh, PS3 is, is a Model 3. It's the one that has a slide top on it. So while I was looking at the pawn shop, I was trying to see if there was like a new... Basically a model that looked like the newest that looks like in fairly decent condition. I found only a couple of PS3s, but this one, I paid like about 90 bucks altogether. It wasn't so bad in look and design. It, it basically looks like it's barely been even played, to be perfectly honest with you. Maybe a couple of games here or there, but it runs pretty uh, pretty smoothly. I mean, some of the UI stuff, when you go on the PlayStation Store, you know, it, it's basically slow anyway, you know. Not to mention, like, the certain things with the XMB, you know, kind of, like, loading kind of a little bit slowly. But that's, that's basically on uh, Sony's end and not more or less the console itself. But uh, I have yet to use the disk drive with uh, some of the games that I've gotten for the device. So as far as games go, I picked up Metal Gear Solid 4, which that has definitely been the game I've been wanting to replay. It's almost getting towards the 10-year anniversary of when I first played that game and beat it. Other than that, I picked up two additional games. One of them was the God of War package this god of war saga which has five games in one quintessentially you get god of war god of war 2 god of war 3 and uh the psp games that were later gone ported to the ps3 which is chains of olympus and ghost of sparta so quintessentially i got all except for uh ascension which i could either give or take if i want to play or not and uh Last but not least, I ended up investing and uh, finding Red Dead Redemption for dirt cheap. So, since that game isn't available anywhere else, and it definitely was one of my last, my best games from the last generation, I decided to pick it up. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Pretty much in a nutshell. How have you been doing, Tyler? Um, doing all right. Uh, <clears throat> can't tell in the voice. Really, or you might you might hear it throughout the show. Uh, it's a little thrash right now. I was telling Gables for the show. Justin and I went. Justin's not here, by the way. Uh, oh, Justin and I went and saw the Foo Fighters last night in concert, uh, and I'm pretty sure I screamed and sang as loud as I could 
<laughs> along with them the entire three hours or so of it. Um, so I've been like resting my voice all day, trying to trying to keep talking to a minimum. Uh, oh, man. Drinking uh, coffee and just you know anything really that helps soothe the vocal cords a little bit here. A uh, little hungover today. Um, kind of part of the course, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry. You, you might hear Louie in the background. He's he's playing right now. Um, he's got his uh, bark box vacuum cleaner toy that he's playing with. So, um, sorry about that in advance. Um, but yeah, no. Other than that, I'm doing okay. Uh, a little tired. Um, sleeping schedule still off from last weekend. Uh, right. And I, I, I'll just jump right into it. Fuck it. Uh, so, Extra Life was last weekend. You guys, yep. if you've been listening, you guys all knew what we've been talking about for a couple months now. Um, I've been talking about sporadically over the last, all year now. Um, <laughs> but um, we did that. It was the whole 25, it was 25 hour long marathon. Uh, yes. All the money goes to Extra Life. It helped Extra Life. Uh, Helps sick kids. Um, all the money we raise goes towards um, Children's Miracle Network hospitals. You could pick the hospital uh, in America and Canada, and any money you raise goes to them. All the money I earn goes to Iowa City. All the money that Gables earns goes to um, uh, Seattle. Seattle Children. Yep, sorry, Seattle's Children's Hospital. Uh, so yeah, extra-life.org if you're interested in looking into that. Uh, you can still uh, sign up, and you can still play and donate um, through um, the end of the year. And then on... then next year we'll start a whole new one start all over again um but uh i figure we can just kind of talk about what we, what we played how, how it went um how, how we'll start with gables how, how overall what would you do and kind of how how things work out for you i know with like playing and staying awake and all that shit well let's see for the times that i did manage to go through and uh play games towards extra life it actually was a pretty positive experience I spent most of my time with uh, both uh, you and uh, a friend of ours, Nerves, from the Talking mm-hmm. Ship. <laughs> oh my god, those were some funny moments and stuff. I think you were playing a little bit of Assassin's Creed Origins yep. a bit, plus you and Nerves finished up a bit of like Destiny 2 yep. stuff. At least Tim, for the first time, actually went through and finished Destiny 2. But, yeah. uh, but what I ended up going through was I decided to start off a little bit by playing... Oh. This is going to be a little bit of things to remember. I started off by playing Resident Evil 4, I think. Uh, it's one of the ones I remember anyway, but uh, Resident Evil 4 was when I started off with, and I edged, I played a couple hours of that, then I tried going through and playing a little bit of Loco Roco nice. HD, which, you know what, it was fun. It was fun, and it definitely gave me a little bit of nostalgia for the PSP when I had that originally, but... Uh, Playing it during that time of the day, which was get, getting close to about 2 o'clock in the afternoon at that point, I, I felt like I was going to fall asleep <laughs> while playing it because we were talking in the chat and all of a sudden it's like I started getting relaxed a bit and it's like, yeah, yeah I gotta stop playing this game, man. I, I'm, I'm fucking gonna go to sleep. <laughs> but uh, I switched away from that and I ended up like... Uh, I think I ended up going out at that point because I... Had to do a couple of errands. We had to get stuff to eat and stuff. Oh man, I'm just thinking about that fucking Jimmy John sandwich too, man. That was that was some good tuna shit. That's but uh, delicious, not dude, tuna shit, but Jimmy John's. I, I know, I know, no, Jimmy John's in general, man. They have some great sandwiches, but uh, be good. Be good. 
when I came back, I ended up playing a bit of Rocket League with you guys. Let's see, with the... What I mean by you guys, basically Tyler and the rest of like the Talking Ship crew that we got gathered together. Yep. yep. I think at one point we tried playing some games with uh, some of the guys like on PC, and that didn't really go over. That didn't really go so well as we had oh, sort yeah. of confusion. Yeah, it took, it took <laughs> us like a while. Room. To, yeah, you can do like the crossplay on PS4 and PC for Rocket League, and uh, it took us like 15 minutes to figure out how to get into a group together. Then we and played, then at, <laughs> and at that point, and so we played like two matches, and then we fucking just uh, left yeah. Rocket well, League. <laughs> everybody left, and then it was just me and this other guy uh, playing in the, on the PC, and I felt kind of bad, but yeah, we basically spent more time trying to figure out how to play a game with them than we actually played with them. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we played that for a few hours, and it's kind oh of like, God. it's almost like turning yep. to a yearly tra- tradition now with uh, Extra Life is late late in the evening we start we play a few hours of it i remember last year actually we were playing it we were playing it's like two or three in the morning and then the uh yeah the servers went down for maintenance and that was the only oh my god yeah so yeah i remember that too it's <clears> like uh during that time we i think we played like about a good solid two or three hours of rocket league that yeah. night too and then uh once everybody else started scat like scattering doing their own shit I decided to do something that I hadn't done like in a while. I popped on uh, Mega Man Legacy Collection, and I decided to play through the entirety of the original Mega Man. That that's like a tradition for me, where it's like in the middle of the night, if I'm doing extra life stuff, it's like I tend to gravitate towards a game that I want to see if I can finish in a night. Last time I did that was uh, when I played through the entirety of Limbo on the hmm. PS4 that was back around uh, 2015 and this time I actually did manage to beat the entirety of uh, Mega Man It, but it took me like about two and a half fucking hours dude and during that time it's like all of us were like uh, all of us were chatting all of us were talking and stuff trying to keep each other awake yeah I believe at one point and stuff we had a friend Wes that came on dude he's a friend of uh talking ship and a friend of like the drunk dash nerds podcast obviously but it's like just hearing his stories while we're playing games while we're just chilling <laughs> relaxing you know hearing about how he wants to play the <laughs> wants to play like our buddy nerves and stuff like that with his fucking arcade stick and all that other oh, shit. yeah yeah it, but uh oh my gosh the, but just that whole yeah What's no, up, Tyler? I was, I was, sorry I was, I was just like i just popped my head like at one point in time, this is like middle of the night, like a lot of it is just like a blur. And yeah. it's almost like a drunken experience where you're just like, thinking like, oh, wait, did that happen? Oh, yeah, that, how the hell? Like, somehow we end up talking <laughs> about like Canadian folklore. That's right, because I brought up a bunch of fucking Canadian folklore and stuff yeah. because I was, because here's the thing during the little brief lull of about an hour or something while I was going and try to uh, choose what I was going to play next. I went through and like just talking with uh, like you and like a couple of the guys and stuff like that for like Canadian folklore. Yeah. Apparently, there are like Canadian folklore like creatures like which I I had no idea this was Canadian folklore. But uh, we went over things like the Ogopogo and like all the other <laughs> shit where it's like in the British in like the British Columbia portion of like Canada and stuff. And uh, it got up on the conversation of hey, let's try to see if we can find a squirrel god or something like that. You know, it, yeah. it was just. Some random bullshit. 
And at one point, I remember a conversation, like, during the middle of the night where it's, like, you guys started quoting, like, movie quotes along with, like, specific songs and stuff. And all of a sudden, it's, like, I basically I basically made our friend Sam crack up so bad when I just went ahead and just told him. It was, like, oh, tell me more, tell me more, does he look like a bitch? <laughs> That's right. I forgot all about that, yeah. And it's, like, it was just hearing him laugh hysterically in his like tired stupor as he's been playing games with uh our friend justin and stuff I was like God. i think dave was doing like christopher Wall- he was quoting oh he's quoting fast and the furious mo- uh, movies uh, as morgan freeman yes which was pretty funny uh <laughs> when you're in a chat with people for like 25 straight hours there's eventually you just start talking about weird shit especially when you've been up you know 20 hours or so at that point It'll happen. You run out of things to talk about after a while. Like sometimes <laughs> hard to do an hour long show on this podcast. Imagine sitting there just have, making general conversation with, with people for twenty hours. Uh, a lot of which you probably don't speak with a lot too in the general yeah. like a week, you know. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it was something. Yeah. There was there was a there was a bunch of us there. There was a, about four or five of us in a party chat in those uh, in the middle of the night uh, that stuck around. You uh, nerves. Sam and then uh, Justin, different Justin, uh, was in there too. Um, they were all participating. Oh uh, man, I'll tell you what though, it's like while we were talking and stuff, I me having gone through like the entirety of uh, the original Mega Man, and after spending like endless attempts, I went through all the Robot Masters. I went through like the Wily stages, right? But I kept dying. I kept dying like on the Wily the Wily stages because of my fucking perception and my hand-eye coordination were starting to slag a bit because of how tired I was at that point. I spent the good entirety of, like, uh, the one to two o'clock hours, man, just, like, almost feel like I was dead, man. I was just... And it was so funny. I started getting so relaxed to the point where I was facing off against uh, my doppelganger inside of the Wily stages in Mega Man, and I ended up discovering that there's a fucking, like, little glitch or something like that when you equip the elect man's item and you go in the corner to start shooting at the damn clone that you can pretty much kill him. <laughs> and I had been trying for, like, a good solid ten minutes just to get him with everything else. It's like, okay, how am I going to do with this stuff? It's like, uh... Then, finally, once I defeated Dr. Wily and stuff, after that time, man, well, I just started talking with you guys a little bit, and I just clocked out around 3 a.m. I mean, at that point, I spent a good solid 12 hours with you guys or so, at least, yeah. off and on for like 12 or 13 hours. And at that point, man, it was like 3 a.m. I basically could not go on anymore at that point. And that's the thing. I had to start late, too, because I had to go out and, like, do some errands and shit, so I couldn't start, like, at 4 a.m. like I wanted. I ended up starting, like, around noon, <laughs> which, holy shit, I do not ever want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Yeah, it definitely uh, would have been a better, just to start really early, then take, like, a couple-hour break or something like that in between for stuff, but overall, man, it's like, this Extra Life was pretty much just a successful one, in my honest opinion. Yeah. Play some games, raise some cash and stuff, and everything else seemed to fit in from there. So, what were you playing, though, Tyler? Um, during it, for the most part, I played... Uh, I played... The the two big ones I played the most was Madden, and, like, always Madden's probably the one I played the most. 
and yeah. Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, the cool thing you go in, it's something I forget about every year, and I don't really like. I get through months go by, and you're just like you don't think about it, or you you, you I underestimate it every year about how tough it is. Yeah. Um, and the fact that about hour twelve to fourteen, you kind of wanted to stop playing games, and then by like hour like. 16 18 you just absolutely hate video games um mm-hmm. and i'll be in plus you're being really fucking tired uh but the, the <laughs> night before i didn't get a lot of sleep i only slept like five hours uh i was just you know too excited and i woke up early and i was my plan was to start around uh eight or nine my time um ended up waking up like 5 30 in the morning and started at seven which i think actually i might just do that every year now just start earlier um seems to be a little better I'll go to try to go to bed earlier the night before though, um, but uh, yeah, I played a bunch of Zelda uh, or Zelda. What? What? No. You played Zelda? I don't, dude, I'm delirious <laughs> still. Sorry. I don't. You played a bunch of Mario Odyssey. I, know I, that I played sure. some Mario Odyssey. I collected a bunch, a bunch of Power Moons. Uh, but no, I, I played a bunch of Madden at the beginning, and then uh, the, the thing, also the thing that it's like you need to be in a party. I think when you do this, like playing this. Doing this by oh, yourself man. is really tough, especially in the middle of the night and after oh, those man. long stretches. You need someone to talk to, break it up. I no couldn't imagine shit. doing this whole thing in silence. Um, that would so, drive somebody crazy after about a couple hours, you know? Yeah, I remember one year having, like, uh, internet issues, so I had to, like, play the majority of the of Extra Life with no internet. And I, and I played. that's when I played a bunch of Evil Within. Um, but um, the, the thing that sucks about it, I mean... Overall, I'd rather be in a party chat, but the, the downside is when you're trying to play like uh, a game with like a storyline and with, with especially like a, a single player uh, focused game with a really you know in detailed storyline like Wolfenstein Two. I was playing, trying to play a bunch of that. Yeah, uh, it's tough to do when in party chat. You're trying to talk to people and also pay attention. Um, <laughs> so I always I forget about that a lot. Like I'm, oh, I'm going to play this, 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 and this, and then you like get in and you're like, well, I want to kind of chit chat, but I also want to play this game. So. Like at one point we thought nerves fell asleep, but but yeah, because he was gone for like two <laughs> hours. But in fact, he just like took his mic off and uh, took his headphones off and everything, and uh, finished up Uncharted Four because he wanted to pay attention to the story, which only totally makes yeah. sense. And there's there's a bit in there where I didn't have it; like I was the only one in the party, um, so I wasn't actually talking to anybody. So I just, I played a few hours of, of Wolfenstein Two, um, but yeah, I I, I ended up playing uh, mostly Madden, Rocket League, and I. Luckily, I think this is my. I think the perfect game to play during uh, Extra Life, if you're going to be in a, a chat with people, is like an open world type game. And that, I think oh, no Assassin's shit. Creed Origins saved me this year. I'm glad. I was on the fence about buying it because uh, I wanted. To, I didn't want to buy it when I'm trying to play all these other games. Uh, yeah. But I'm glad I did because I I spent about six hours during Extra Life playing it. The majority of that was. I think I played it uh, the last uh, five hours of Extra Life. I played Assassin's Creed. Um, and I didn't really do... I just did, like, the main prologue story stuff you have to do to start the game off. Um, and then I just did side quests, like, meaningless side, side quests and leveling up. Um, not did any, Didn't do any main stories during that. And that was just perfect, you know, going around, sneaking around, uh, going up, synchronizing with the... Um, when you do, like, the eagle thing or whatever. Uh, yeah. So, and then, yeah, just doing, like, meaningless, you know, dumb little side quests where doesn't, the story doesn't matter or what the hell is it, like... Go here, kill this guy, and you're done. I'm like, all right, cool, perfect. I can do that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, overall, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's miserable. Uh, like I said, about hour 16 or 18, uh, you hate 
video games. Like I, I didn't play any <laughs> games for uh, almost two days afterwards. Like I didn't think I played another game uh, until Tuesday afternoon. And oh I got man, over. That, that's that, that's like completely different than what I did. Man, it's like I played all that that time during Saturday. Then all of a sudden Sunday, I I uh, woke up and like near the end of the day or something, I played a little bit of something. Yeah, and then like. Uh, Oh my gosh! I think it was like Monday night. I actually streamed for an hour and a half, playing games like ukulele, which that's another one I did buy and play during that time and stuff. But uh, dude, it it ended up leading me to uh, a couple days after just really trying to get into Resident Evil Four. Yeah. And oh my god, dude! I mean, if not for Extra Life and the fact I downloaded Resident Evil Four and just started playing that, and like, I think. Yeah, I did play a little bit of Resident Evil Six. That's yeah. right, dude. That's right, I did play a little bit of Resident Evil Six. I, like, <laughs> I just remember that repressed memory. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> you playing that, and I'm just like, I told him I'd do it, but like, it was like, like it was, it was like eight, 19 hours in, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't do it, man. It's like, I can't, I don't want to play. Like, I'm playing a game I really enjoy playing right now, and I, I hate playing it. Like. There's no way I can play a game, one of like one of the worst games of all time to me uh, at this point. Like you're playing, I'm just like I no, I ain't, I'm not doing it. Like maybe at nine in the morning, but not not one in one in the morning. All right, fuck that. Oh man, yeah. I basically went through like one chapter of Chris's campaign and stuff, and I I basically got to a point on the third chapter of Chris's campaign. I ran out of ammo. I could not pick up any ammo for specific weapons, and I was just basically stuck trying to go and progress and run through this damn stage. And when I couldn't, I turned it off. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to the, the like one of the biggest issues with Resident Evil Six and the fact it's a bad game is they want to make it Gears of War, but they also want to be Resident Evil. So everything, every enemy's a bullet sponge, but we're not gonna give you any ammo. So that, that was like the, I, I went through it like like a good chunk of that game just like roundhouse kicking people. To like to to the finish line, yep, yeah. But no, it was, it was fun. Uh, I, I I hated it. I hate you know. I love it's like I said. I always say it's my favorite, least favorite day of the year. And I went through all the emotions of why that is so. Um, I was so I'm really happy it's over, but I I still can't wait to do it again next year. So yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah, so I got. They just announced this morning that they're over eight million dollars raised so far this year. Wow! Uh, I think they said they're about eight hundred k, or seven seven hundred eight hundred k, um, ahead of where they were at this time last year. So that's that's cool. So I think last year they raised over ten million. So it'd be cool if they get ten million again this year. Um, I think this is also the uh, uh, second most um, people signups. Uh, in one in, in a year, so that's good. Um, yeah, but overall, it, we we did you know not only for actually like we like we played a lot of games, yeah. But uh, I I beat a couple, I beat a game, I beat two games actually, and I started a new game. I already talked about talked about. Them. I'm going to kind of talk a little more about them real quick. Uh, I finished up Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, okay. Episode five finally came out this past Tuesday. I actually played episode four um, the day before, and then played episode. Um, two, uh, actually no, that's right. I, I played uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy on Monday, and that was like the, the only like that was the first game I played. And it's barely a game, um, and that was like as much as I can I can stand at that point on Monday. But uh, yeah, finished it up. 
Um, everybody knows I pretty much buy everything that's Telltale. I played every single uh, every single thing they've released since Walking Dead Season 1, except for the Minecraft stuff. Um, I haven't played that, just I'm not a Minecraft guy, so I have no interest in it. Uh, but it's really good. Um, I think they definitely, they went for the uh, kind of the movie style, the Guardians of the Galaxy, so a lot of uh, 80s nods, a lot of really good music. Uh, I, it kind of reminds me of some Borderlands-esque, where like, there's a lot of music montages in it. Um, ah. The humor's really good. Uh, the characters are great. Um, yeah, so I, it's not... I don't know if I, I would... If, if I had, like... I, one of these days I'm going to like, do a ranking for like my favorite Telltale uh, seasons. Um, but I, I don't know if it'd be the top five, but it's it's pretty close. It's it's a, I would say it's uh, it's good. I mean, if you're a big Telltale fan or you're a big Guardians of the Galaxy fan, check it out because I think it's pretty comparable to um, those. But... It's, yeah, it was really good. It's just there's a, I've seen their peak and their great ones, and it's it's not quite there, um, but overall it's really enjoyable. So I would say if you like I said if you're a fan of Telltale or Guardians of the Galaxy, definitely check it out. Um, I think you've seen it on sale a few times. It, it was actually it was weird. It was actually it was like normally a season pass is like twenty five bucks, um, five dollars an episode. This one was like I got it for like I I bought season pass like pre ordered the season pass. It was like sixteen dollars. Wow. Um, so I basically got two episodes for free. Um, that was a while ago. I mean, I'm sure you can find uh, about the same price now. Um, but it's, it's kind of weird. But yeah, overall, it's really good. Um, next up, Wolfenstein 2. Finish that up. Um, holy fucking shit, man. That game uh, goes some places and does some things uh, that I didn't, I, like, I didn't think they would go. Um, it's... One of the better stories in a game I think I've ever played. Um, wow. As far as, like, the series, like, I talk about, like, there's, like, cutscenes where, like, you're laughing, like, hysterically, and it's, like, it a stupid moment, and then the next one, you're like, oh, my God. Like, that was crazy. Uh, in, like, a serious way. Um, and, it like, they just one-up themselves every, like, hour, every cutscene, especially in the last probably third of the game, second half of the game or so. Um, just gets crazier and crazier, and uh, they—I don't know how they can top it. If there is Wolfenstein Three, I hope there is. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was great. It, it definitely is. We played. It's made, it was made in the Doom engine, um, so it kind of has a lot of that, that Doom feel to it. So like, you don't want to stop. Uh, the only key difference is it has a stealth stuff to it, which I use quite a bit. But uh, once you're in a, like in a firefight, man, you just you can't you stop you die basically. Um, cause you, you lose, you lose health fast. Uh, I, it's like I said, it's really, I said last week, it's really hard. Um, it's extremely difficult. I talked about, you know, I talked a lot last week, but overall, uh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic and it gets better as it goes. It ages like a fine wine, uh, the more you play that game. Uh, so I implore anybody that, uh, likes video games in any sense at all, like play this game. It's awesome. Uh, they do a good job. If you haven't played, um, New Order, um, they do a pretty good job of recapping it in the first uh, cutscene of the game. Um, you can watch a YouTube video on it if you want to catch up on it. But yeah, no, this game is, yeah, it's fantastic. It's gonna be in my game of the year uh, contender for sure. Um, it was it was great. Just the story, the story alone is game of the year contender. Let alone a really awesome game on like, gameplay wise. On top of that, um, so yeah, if you want to hear more about it, talk, I went more detail last week. But the other thing I played is, I talked about it already, Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, I played about 11 hours of it. Um, and like I said, most of that has been just doing meaningless side quest stuff. 
Um, but if you've been listening for a while, you know I'm. Uh, I've got a love hate thing with Assassin's Creed. Uh, there's been I've I've bitched and moaned like, much like Telltale. Uh, like when they're great, it's great, but when it's when it's bad, it's 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 really bad. Uh, Telltale's I guess never been really bad. It's just their release schedule shit has been really bad. Um, but as far as quality goes, Assassin's Creed's always been like way up and down for me. Uh, like I love Black Flag, but Assassin's Creed Three was garbage. Unity was broken. Syndicate was pretty good. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, took the year off. Uh, in a weird way, I um, I was kind of hyped for this one. Like I, I didn't know how to feel about it. Like for the first time ever um, with a Assassin's Creed game, like I was like, like I always just kind of bought them every year, like instinctively. Uh, just picked them up um, when they came out, and uh, yeah, like I said, I picked up a few days later. But everybody's been like raving about how this feels way different than every like. This is like the year off was big for them. Like it feels so much different than all the other Assassin's Creed games. I'm playing it. I'm just like, it doesn't really. I mean, <laughs> it plays like the previous Assassin's Creed. Games. Yeah, just people are just had a year off of it because they don't remember. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I don't. I mean, the the big thing obviously is the setting. It's great to be out of like the uh, the the European area. We're not in London um, or anything like that anymore. Um, and I know they tried leaving prior. You know, with like Black Flag. Black Flag worked really well, but that's not to me. That's not really an Assassin's Creed game. It's Black Flag more than it's Assassin's Creed. Um, like Assassin's Creed Three, when they left, they went to America. That that didn't work out very well either. Um, but yeah, it's great. They're in Egypt now. Obviously, uh, this is actually they're not even like it's always been about the assassins versus the Templars, and this actually is like this is the origin story of Assassin's Creed. Um, and you're not even a, a te- you're like you're an assassin, but you're not called assassins yet. Um, you're a Medjai or Medjai? A Magi. Magi, yeah, thank you. Um, I don't know. How, how the hell did you know that? What, a Magi? Yeah. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. Is that, I don't know. Is that really a thing? I, I just... Um... Well, there are specific, like, uh, in Egypt, there's, like, a specific type of, like, group of, like, specialized warriors and stuff that were called the Magi. Oh. And they were supposed to be responsible, I think, for protecting, like, important people, I believe. I'm thinking whether like kings, queens, or something like that, or like oh yeah, that makes sense because some it, of the sword. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That makes sense because that's what the he actually talks about that at the beginning of the game. I, just, I didn't realize it's a real thing. Which makes sense though because they actually try to do a decent job of sticking with the overall. Um, they do like take a lot of you know liberties with with history, but for the, for the most part, they try to stick with um, what actually happened. Um, like I'm actually uh, I, I I protector of uh, Cleopatra. Yeah, Cleopatra, uh-huh. and um, that's she's kind of like your core, like your main person that you work for. Um, okay. But like I said, it's like yeah, like it's an origin story of like how this all happens. Like you find like the golden apple thing. Um, uh, what, they, what the fuck do they call that thing? The, the apple, apple of Eden. Eden. Yeah, um, it's been a while. Um, but yeah, like the, the the core story is that you play as a Bayak, I believe it's his name, Bay- Bayak. I think, I think that's how you say it. Uh, and he um. His, his, it starts off kind of weird, like where you're like killing a person, and like like it like starts off like basically in the middle of the story, and then over the over the first few hours of the prologue, it cuts it cuts back and it shows you what happened. Basically, these group of guys um, attack uh, you, and you try to escape with your wife and uh, your kid, and they kidnap your wife and kid as well, and then um, in the fight, like your kid, uh, his kid gets killed. 
and it turns to revenge uh, story basically, where him and his wife Aya um, are trying to kill all the, the all the men that were there, um, and that's what kind of spurs it more into basically the assassins versus the Templar kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, like I said, going back to like what I was saying though, like about the whole being different, like there there are definitely elements that like some big key elements are different. Like it does, I feel it's definitely more of a um, a, a Ubisoft open world game. So you have an eagle that like does like all like the like the scouting you do, um, like you would do like in Far Cry when you had like the you had the binoculars and stuff like that. And I think in like Wildlands you had a um, a drone. Um, yep. He's basically that uh, Senu Senua is his, uh, is the is her name the eagle's name, and she'll go through and she'll show she'll find like you know tag all the enemies, tag any items and stuff like that for you. Um, there are cages with like uh, hyenas and lions in it and stuff like that, which you can break open. And have them attack uh, the camps. And I've done that quite a few times. Uh, but the fucking animals die so easily, man. God, like, I, I opened, like, five of them. And, like, all these lions came and attacked them. And they killed, like, three guys. And, like, oh, my God. And there was eight of them. Like, there, there were eight guys. And these five lions killed three. And they died. It was great for me because I, I I got a bunch of um, uh, shit I can use for uh, crafting uh, for it. So, I got that's cool. Because... Uh, Finding some lion fur and stuff is kind of tough to do in that game, right? <clears throat> but um, yeah, I mean, and then also has a fuck. What was it? I forgot the other thing. But no, it feels it basically. Oh, you, you synchronized thing basically is like the Watchtower shit, which are, they were like the original thing for that. But um, the, the big I think the the most important thing to me that makes it feel different is the um is the fighting. The fighting has always been kind of a slog, where it's like uh, wait for them to attack you, parry, and then counterattack. And then rinse, wash, repeat over and over again. You get surrounded by twenty guys, mm-hmm. just do that. It's really it got really boring and repetitive. Um, and this one, they actually changed it up where it's uh, all of the uh, fighting buttons are now on like the right and left trigger. So you can you put your guard up, you can dodge, you can uh, attack, and everything with all of that. Yeah. So it feels a lot smoother, and it feels more like you know, kind of you would like a, a, a shooter game. Uh, all the key buttons are right there, um, and I like that. It. it the whole and the the fighting is a lot smoother. There's no longer the whole parry attack thing now. Uh, it feels more like um, I want to say not as not as good, but like more going towards like a Batman Arkham game. Okay, uh, I think the fighting is way better in Batman. Don't get me wrong, uh, but it it I like that style more than I like uh, the old Assassin's Creed uh, fighting system. So. Um, overall, I'm I'm really I'm really liking it. Obviously, I put like 11 hours into it. I. I don't know how much of, I don't feel like I've touched a lot of the story mode, um, but it's it's cool to be back in Assassin's Creed to me, especially it seems so far to be a good Assassin's Creed game. Uh, interesting character, obviously. I like being in a different area is cool. Um, so I, you know, I'm still I the people going out there saying it feels like it's a, it's a big it's a big difference. I I, I don't get it. Uh, I want I'd like to have a conversation with someone that feels that way. Um, I feel like those people haven't played a lot of Assassin's Creeds, or maybe they just jump in here and there, and they haven't played like any of the last couple, um, or didn't play a lot of it. Because for the most part, it feels the same, which for me, I'm cool with. Because I, the the for the, the the core elements of Assassin's Creed, I like a lot. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty much what I'm playing. Keep playing that. Um, might pick up Star Wars Battlefront too. Might I'm gonna try Redbox. I want to play the campaign. It looks good. Other than that, yeah, that's what I got going on. What about you, Gables? Well, for playing-wise, 
other than like uh, from Extra Life, I only had like maybe a few times this week that I actually did play something to some extent. Other than playing a little bit of ukulele, which oh, yeah. basically what I've done is uh, go through little parts of the first world. The game is really reminiscent of Banjo Kazooie. I mean, it's not like anything like uh, too extravagant or anything like that. I mean, it's basically got the same tone. It has the same type of like uh, certain character design, certain like uh, level structure. The only difference is you can actually expand worlds while you collect the little things called pages, which are the equivalents of jigsaw pieces from Banjo Kazooie. And you use these pages to expand this world and like get all sorts of various other little quests and stuff open to you. You encounter like different types of characters and this sort of like uh, this sort of like a pseudo like open world sort of level. So once you expand the worlds and stuff, like more things are obviously presented to you, like uh, new missions, new uh, characters you meet, like new different paths you can take in order to uh, get to your goal of like collecting all the various pages in each world and stuff. So at the moment, I've only am just at that first initial world because I've been so busy trying to explore little bits of nooks and crannies and stuff like that. But uh, other than ukulele, I've played a little bit more of the Locoroco HD Remix. I've went through a couple of the worlds, and I know for a fact that I'm starting World 4. I am almost towards the end of the game itself. I've unlocked at least four out of the five different uh, colored Locorocos, which, here's the thing. For those who've played Local Roco, every time you have a little, like a little one, like when you start the stage, they sing their own different song in comparison, like to uh, each level they go through. When you unlock a different one, the song sort of changes the, based upon their styles and attitudes and stuff. But of course, they always say like little, uh, all like little things, like say with uh, enemies or something. They make like little grunts or little cries or something like that of something they know that'll hurt them or something like that. Just uh, opens and comes like. Uh, into the middle of the field or something like that of a level, or if they are in, like in contention or facing off against these little these little creatures called moja. The thing about these little moja are is like they've invaded sort of like the local Roko's worlds and stuff like that, and basically have it so where uh, they are just uh, just devouring lots of everything and stuff. And so, what you're basically doing as a little local Roko is exploring each world and trying to. Uh, earn a little bit more of their worlds back by clearing a bunch of the stages, developing new little Locoroco houses and stuff like that. It's basically a platformer that only uses like the shoulder buttons. So you can press the left or the right shoulder buttons in order to move the stage around. You press them both together to have them jump. Basically, it's just a game where it just uses the shoulder buttons. It's basic it's fun and it could be quite challenging especially when you try to time momentum with jumps the last game that i've played during this week i played more resident evil 4 nice i am what'd you buy (laughs) i've bought plenty inside that game that's for sure i got a little bit of tips and tricks and stuff from one of my friends who's uh works with me (laughs) he's a co-worker and basically what I did is, the first time I started playing Resident Evil 4, during Extra Life, I was having a blast because I was just going through trying to remember little key parts of, like, uh, the first couple hours of Resident Evil 4, 
which basically had me run away from a pack of villagers in my first open area, trying to go through and, like, uh, figure out what the hell I'm supposed to do next, and then learning the hard way that the dude with the bag on his head with a chainsaw can actually climb up the damn ladder and then going through and just, just basically to be behead you if you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little did you know that was Terry Funk. <laughs> It's an old wrestling joke for people. I don't know. Oh my god! Oh my god! You went there with a chainsaw, Charlie reference. Yeah. Oh yeah. You should have put, put him on a dumpster and push him off the off the ramp. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, anyway, so going through that area, refiguring out that I have to use the shotgun in order to take out the dude with the bag. I also went through the next area, collected all the blue medallions. Got that special Punisher rifle, that special Punisher pistol, which which is so much better than the original pistol. I ended up learning that the original pistol and the the Red Nine pistol, you got to avoid those. So I basically have it to where my weapon inventory right now is: I have the rifle with the scope, I have a shotgun, and also I have the uh, Punisher pistol. Now, keep in mind, a lot of this game. I'm basically blind too. I never beat it. I've only went to a specific part of like maybe chapter 3 or chapter 4. Which is pretty early in that damn game. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I went over to the lake after going through the various rigmarole. I started shooting fish inside the lake. (laughs) That's the thing. I've I know that if you shoot specific, like, animals or something inside this game, that they'll drop items, they'll drop ammo, they'll drop little things like that. So, when I started shooting fish, I was just like, says, oh, okay, I can shoot the fish. Like, okay, there's one, two, three, four. After the fifth fish I killed in the pond, the big old fucking, like, uh, oh my god, that big old fucking monster fish just came out of the damn lake and just ate me alive. <laughs> <laughs> now, had I not saved at that point. I would have had to retrack myself back. But uh, I found a typewriter saved before I did that. But I'll tell you what, man. It leads up to one of the most intense boss battles that I've played for a while. I've forgotten how this felt. So, for those who played Resident Evil 4, you'll know what I'm talking about. But the lake monster, you're in your boat, you have a harpoon, and you basically try to shoot the damn thing to the moon. Anyway... <clears throat> the thing about this boss battle that makes it so intense is you basically have a short frame of time in order to hit the damn thing with the harpoons. You don't know whether you're doing damage to the thing because it keeps on coming at you. You get knocked out of the boat. You gotta press the damn buttons rapidly to swim back into the boat while the damn thing is chasing you. It's like, oh no, no, no. It's what, yeah, it's basically what Louie's doing right now in the background. <laughs> That's basically the sound of Leon running away from the... Actually, swimming away from that lake monster. <laughs> anyway. Leon's a half-dolphin, I don't know if you know that. <laughs> well, he had to be as fast as he was swimming in that damn pond. But, uh... Gone through that battle? Man. It was definitely a refreshing take. After doing that, I got that emblem. Went back to that, uh... That place where the graveyard and stuff was at encountered a pack of fucking mega wolves, which are infected with that damn virus, and that that's just something that's fucking creepy, man. It's like you come back to that graveyard after you've been through it the first time, and it's like 
it's all dark, it's all like uh, rainy and shit, and all of a sudden you have these damn pack of wolves just come and attack you, and they're fucking huge, they look like damn werewolves, but no. They're basically muscle-bound super wolves that have been infected by that damn virus like all the other vi- villagers. So you have to try to take them out, and they're doing massive amounts of damage if you're not paying attention. So I managed to do that, managed to take them all out, go inside the damn cathedral or like this small church or something like that. I find the president's daughter, go forth, exit the thing, only to be met with a whole slew of fucking villagers. So I had to simultaneously have to set certain things like like certain carts on fire in order to push them down the hill, just toppling over any and every fucking villager I could find race through all of that, race to the village again, having to avoid fucking bear traps, because that's basically how she, like, how she died, and how I died initially, where I forgot where bear traps were set, and, uh, basically got caught in them, and man, you do not want to have at that Ashley or something like that get caught in the fucking bear trap, because she will lose health so quickly doing that shit, but, uh, oh my gosh, what have I done sense. I've went through and I beat that El Gigante, that giant creature that was released by the villagers. That was interesting. (laughs) That was also an intense battle. So, right now, I have finished chapter two. And, uh, it's basically where you meet up back with, uh, I think it was Lewis or something like that. You basically fended off against an entire it felt like an entire, like, a horde mode worth of, like, villagers coming through this damn shack. And I gotta admit, though, it's like, after playing that, I feel like I am gonna get back. I am gonna play a little bit more of it. But uh, I'm probably gonna stream some of it when I'm doing it. Because <laughs> that's basically what I was doing the last time that I played Resident Evil 4. But, yeah, that about does it for me playing games for the week. Very cool, man. Uh, I have my mic, mic muted there for a while. Louis, apparently it's Louis Crack Hour, um, and he wants to play. He's <laughs> currently staring at me with his purple dragon. Um, I'm gonna try not to make eye contact. Oh, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Louis, Daddy's recording right now. Don't, 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 don't. don't mm. Really, go, 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 lay down, go, lay down, boo boo, lay down. All right, lay down. Be good. He's still uh, staring at me. Okay. Anyways, um, moving on to news. Um, he's still staring at me. Um, not too too much going on this week. A uh, few things kind of popped up. He walked away. Um, one thing, and this is kind of been going on. I think there was like a, like Philadelphia and a couple other little small countries had. Um, like a little like a little beta test kind of thing for this, uh, but GameStop um, has officially announced that they are starting what is called they're calling a GameStop Power Pass. Okay, um, okay. Look, before we get into some, before we get into this though, let, okay. let me just state the obvious: it's like Philadelphia is a country. Well, I yeah, yeah, of course it was. No, I'm well. I meant Phil. Okay, God damn it. I'm sorry. I didn't. It's all right. That yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> That's where um, um, Will Smith was that, born, the country of Philadelphia, West Philadelphia. Yeah, this is where they worship. This is where they worship their own country with their leader Donovan McNabb. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Holy be thy name. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, my bad. 
Uh, <laughs> so GameStop, damn it. GameStop uh, is called, has this new, new uh, service they're calling Power Pass. Uh, it is a rental service for uh, service for used games. Um, you can go in there. It's sixty bucks for six months. Um, so you have to get six months at a time. But ten bucks a month is how it works out. Um, you can rent one game at a time. Keep it as long as you want um, during the duration of that um, uh, service you have it for. Um, after the six months are up, you get to keep one of those games that you rented in that time. And, um, and if you want to, if you rent it and you, you like it, you can just uh, go, you can just pay for it online or whatever. Um, go back and pay for it and you can just keep it for yourself if you want to um, instead of trading it back. And then you can rent a new game out after that. And the, and the sign-up startup starts on November 19th and I guess they end on January 31st of next year. So I'm wondering if this is like a trial run they're going to do for a few months and yeah. see how it works out. Um, but I, I think this is a good idea, I guess, to do for the you know for the holiday season. Uh, people, you know, kids get money, Christmas money, or buy buy uh, your kid or grandkid or whatever. It's like there's all these games coming out in the holidays, and I don't. There's like you want twenty of them. Uh, well, just here's this, and you can play all the ones you want to play and save us a lot of money. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what what were your initial thoughts when you saw this? Well, initial thoughts that I thought about was uh, they are fucking desperate in order to try to get new people in to play their new games. Actually, not their new games, just like uh, go through and run a bunch of their old games, you know, their pre, pre-owned stuff. Because mm. here's the thing, business-wise, it does not make sense for GameStop. Because you have a clash between the new goods that you want customers to come in and buy in order to try to help your store out, then you have that clashing with the pre-owned market that you got right there because when essentially you're under you're undercutting the pre-owned market by paying sixty dollars for the next six months basically for mm-hmm. this trial program and you are running pretty much what you want and you have the option basically to keep a game or something like that if you do want it now that's not a bad thing but the fact of the matter is if here's the thing over time you can rent basically any type of game that you want. The thing is, if you have multiple people doing that, the thing about what will happen will be is that the amount of pre-owned games that you'll have inside, which this is what I'm going to be guessing is going to happen as soon as they start implementing this, the pre-owned games that they have will start to dwindle. They will start to dwindle to the fact that you're probably going to see a lot less in terms of... uh, people buying new games from GameStop and in terms using it as sort of like a system to where they are going to rent a whole bunch of like games maybe maybe 20 30 games possibly and uh a lot of them are probably either going to be incredibly low in terms of uh their buy rate because they're going to be used to the extent where they're depreciating in value Mm-hmm. So quintessentially what we have here, let's say, for example, they rent a game that's like $40 or something like that. They get done with it. They give it back to the person at GameStop. Well, now that game is depreciated in value, and it's now like $25. That game gets rented again, and now drops down to maybe 20 or 15 or something like that. So in essence and stuff, how I feel this is going to not be in GameStop's best interest, and how I feel they're going to just basically scrap the whole idea after six months is this is a sort of like a pro like a program where two sides are clashing 
it's basically going to have people buy less new stuff, less new games from GameStop in general, and focus more upon the pre-owned sort of thing where it's not going to be... It definitely it feels like to me it's not going to be much more of a way to get more people into buying stuff at their store or for running stuff. It's going to be more or less people with little little money or something like that or cheapskates. You know, basically the guys that... The people who go forth and just get a whole bunch of stuff, play what they want and stuff, and just use it sort of as like a uh, borrow and like uh, trade sort of thing. <laughs> But uh, other than that, though, I just feel like it's just a bad idea. What do you think about it, Tyler? Um, I'm kind of I, I I guess I'm opposite from you on this one. Where I look at it, where them people getting more pre-owned stuff is exactly what GameStop wants. Where they yeah. they only make a couple dollars off new games, but they make twenty bucks off of you buying a used game because they buy it in for thirty yes. bucks and they sell fifty. Um, so to me, this the way I look at it is, I I I mean I'm probably a person that goes to GameStop more than most people do. I, I, I go there maybe eight, nine times a year. I don't go there a lot. Um, usually it's trading game and buying game. You know, that's, I guess, what everybody does. But um, that's pretty much, I don't go there. I mean, that's probably more than most people. But the way I look at it is, if, say, you buy that for somebody or you buy it and you run out of game, say you, run out, you get a game every weekend, you're there over six months, you could be there 20, 25 times. And if you go there and you buy uh, a few other games while you're there or whatever, or you buy those games as you rent them because you like them that much, then that's that's more revenue you're bringing in on top of that $60 they're paying for it. So, and then you're buying, they're more than likely going to be buying used games. Um, so you, I, I think the way they're going to counteract all these people, instead of them just buying two games for 80 bucks in six months, or maybe over that six months they buy 20 games and spend two or $300 in that time. Um, so I think it's going to, I think potentially it can actually work out really well for them in that end. And, uh, GameStop is still doing really well. I know a lot of people are saying, um, it's, it's not gonna be around much longer. People have been saying that for 15, 20 years and obviously revenues down, profits are down, but they're still profitable. Um, and they're not gonna be going away anytime soon. I don't think, but, uh, they are, they know that the thing, times are changing. We're going towards more digital, um, they don't make as much money off of the new stuff as they used to before. People aren't buying as much new stuff anymore, physically anyways. Um, so this is just another creative way that, like, they bought ThinkGeek. Now you see a lot of, um, toys and t-shirt stuff there now. People yeah. bitch and moan about that. I don't, but they bitch and moan about, uh, all the games they had in there before that and the way they lay out. So it, people just hate GameStop, I guess. And I, I've always been more on the pro GameStop because I like buying and trading games in, uh, and this is kind of the, the, the only show in town for that, um, unless I want to go to a pawn shop, which I don't really don't want to do because I want to get trade. I want to get credit and buy more games with that credit. Well, um, that's that, I can understand that perspective too. I can understand that the perspective too in terms of like, say, you want to go go more or less to like a GameStop or something like that. You buy a, like a specific amount of games and stuff. You're not going to keep a lot of them. You trade them in the next credit and stuff in order to get what you want or some. But if yeah. you're someone like if you're, say, like someone like me or something like that, you'll see this sort of, like, current thing by GameStop, and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to spend 60 bucks. I'm going to get the games that I want, I'm going to play that, obviously. But uh, I see it as more of, like, a uh, 
just basically sort of like a video, like a like a gaming rental thing, like GameFly. You know, well, that's exactly like, what it is. Yeah, it's I mean. basically exactly what it is. Yeah, to where I'll get a bunch of games that are pre-owned, which are pretty close to uh, new releases that probably just went pre-owned like about a week after, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, play a bunch of them. I'm not even going to spend like any type of money whatsoever. You know, it's like this and that, and that's. That's just one example. That's just one viewpoint from what I'm seeing, though. But I understand where you're coming from, too, Tyler. Because, yeah, it does have potential where it can be pretty good. It can be very beneficial. But, yeah, at the same time, you know, it's just, I think it's just one of those type of approaches with uh, how they're uh, how they're viewing this, you know? It's just like, uh, I feel like that GameStop, right at the moment, is just viewing it as like a quick way to see if this thing actually sticks on the wall, like, uh, philosophically, if, like, if they just throw, like, an idea at the wall or something like that, that'll just stick. Mm-hmm. I I just, just don't feel like this is going to last for more than six months. So it's like... Yeah. yeah, and I think that's why they're doing this little trial, this, like, you know, 10-week span where you can sign up for it, and they're going to, in June or July, I'm sure, when, when that six-month span or whatever, it's over for everybody... Um, yeah, we'll probably find out probably about this time next year we'll find out if, if this was successful or not um, based off if they bring it back um, and this feels like it's a trial run maybe it's the thing they might do every year for the holidays um, I think I, I, like I said I think, I think it's 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 a pretty good move especially if you look at something like Gamefly where that's pretty that's doing really well it's been successful for a long time I've signed up for a few times uh, you know do like a dollar one or get you a free month or whatever or, um, things like that and it's a good service if you do two at a time, I think, but it's, it's like 25 bucks a month, a little pricey, uh, and you have to wait five, six days in between each game. So I send a game back on Tuesday. I might not get another game until Monday, and that's based off of, like, these are, like, you want to play the most popular. If I want to, like, get fucking Wolfenstein 2, I mean, that's gonna, I'm going to wait a while for that unless you do some weird trick stuff where you can get a little sooner. Um, but, yeah, I, I, don't, I think it's going to undercut them It's because... I, if I had something like, if I was someone that more like, that I buy most of my games at launch or shortly after launch. Um, very rarely do I buy games six months later. Uh, so something like this isn't for me. Um, but if you are somebody that uses like Gamefly a lot, you're like, oh, cool. I can just drive up to the GameStop down the street or uh, you know, a few miles away, whatever, and just turn, turn in, I'm done with this game and go pick up another game. I, there's I got lot, tons of options. Uh, the only downside might be the, the tricky part is going to be when it's like a new game. So like when Star Wars Battlefront Two comes out, and then you might get a, you might get one or two used copies in the first few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, How's that going to work out? That's going to be a little tough because if I come in there and like I'm going to rent that, I can rent that game, uh, and then someone comes in and want to buy the game, it's like oh well, both copies are out are being rented right now. It's like well shit, you just lost you know fifty five bucks there, fifty bucks whatever. Um, yep. that part might be tricky. I'm, I'm curious how they're going to handle that. Um, I would think maybe, I think the smart move for that would be don't let people rent out games that came out within 30 days, maybe, um, to kind of prevent that. Um, but, uh, no, I, I, I'm overall pretty positive about it. Uh, I, I'm not, I should say positive. I'm curious about it and I think it could potentially, in theory, it should, it should be a positive move for them and it's going to bring in more people more often, like I said, and that should create more revenue for them um which yeah that could be fun speaking of once you um keeping uh revenue high and keeping it coming and keeping it flowing uh take two um had their um earnings report 
for uh, is it quarter one, quarter two now? Yeah, quarter two. Uh, for one quarter three, but for the quarter two earning reports for this year. Um, and one of the things they said is uh, that came up a few times, and it's kind of a the, the term they use for microtransactions is recurrent consumer spending. Um, I'm gonna this is a quote from the CEO of Take Two. Uh, we said that we aim to have recurrent consumer spending options for every title that we put out at this company. Repeating comments from our previous earning calls we talked about a few times before. It may not always be an online model. It may not probably may not probably won't always be a virtual currency model, but there will, will be some ability to engage on an ongoing basis with our titles after release across the board. So basically, recurring consumer spending is virtual currency add-on content and microtransactions. Um, and big thing about this is that. Uh, 42% of their revenue came off microtransactions um, over the, uh, the, the over last year, uh, the, the 2016. Um, and this quarter, they raised they had over 200 million dollars uh, in in revenue. 66% of that came off of um, or no, I'm sorry, they had 443 million dollars in um, in revenue, and over 200 million of that was on um, microtransactions and uh, you know online spending, basically. Uh, so obviously this is big money for them. They have GTA fives under their umbrella. GTA five had over, uh, has had over a billion dollars in microtransactions, uh, that they've raised. Um, and I'm sure Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to make, is going to be big money. They also have NBA 2K. Uh, NBA 2K is, um, especially it's been for a long time known how bad it is with transactions, especially this year when they're charging three or $3 50 cents for a, uh, a haircut, $3 50 cents of real money for a virtual haircut um and things like that so yeah um the kind of times we're moving to and they actually another weird thing they said i thought was actually really interesting is they care more about how much they make up money off this than they do actual sales of games so basically they would rather make you know they they would prefer to sell 10 million copies of games and make a bunch of money on microtransactions than sell 20 million copies of their game and not make any money off my microtransactions. Uh, basically, long term, more profitable for them, which makes sense. But uh, yeah, um, what did you think about this one, Gables? Man, this definitely reeks of bullshit. That's all I can say. Yeah, but uh, I can't argue with the facts that they are making multi millions of dollars. Take Two Interactive is making multi millions of dollars based upon the transactions that have been occurring through games like GTA, like. Yeah. NBA 2K and like all the other types of deals and stuff. I mean, there's no doubt that these microtransactions are going to be something that they're going to be using going forward, and they're just experimenting with the cons- their consumer base exactly what would actually be worthwhile in order to do that stuff. I mean, we've we are seeing it right at the moment where like you have specific DLC stuff, you got specific things for like skins and like for model stuff. Hell, even with their WWE 2K18 game yeah you have like accesses and stuff where you could unlock various moves and it's like loot boxes little microtransaction bullshit and all this other stuff what i don't like is the fact that uh i just don't like the fact that inside the specific games that they're saying it's like what you were just saying before they're basically focusing more upon how much they can micro you know insert how much microtransactions in a single like game and experience in order to say recoup some of the costs of actually developing the game itself 
the thing about uh, the thing about it is like, hey, it's like, like you were just saying, you know, going through, they're more focusing on maybe spend like maybe having a game sell like about ten million copies or something like that, but earn a lot more in terms of microtransaction because hey, that's pretty much that's pretty much in general a lot of the big com- big gaming companies like uh, business approaches has been currently this year mm-hmm. to where they want to stuff microtransactions and almost any type of gameplay experience through even a single player only game the full extent of how you're going to enjoy that game is if you have to spend for like specific things like specific weapons specific items or something like that that may help you easily go by and just uh, go through your experience a little bit easier you know kind of like a sort of like a pay to win sort of thing we've seen evidences of stuff like that for games like uh, middle earth like uh, shadow of war and stuff we've seen examples of like a frivolous shit like an nba 2k team with buying just buying cosmetic stuff with little bits of pieces here three dollars or something like that for a haircut things for maybe like a different shader or a different type of top or this or that you know it's basically meaningless bullshit it's basically meaningless bullshit or something like that that uh, people are, well, they're testing at the moment to see if people will bite so that when they get the research data, they're going to go through and they're going to say, okay, this is this is the specific microtransaction things that they know are going to fetch this and that, you know. Mm-hmm. But in my personal opinion, I just, I hate this. Yeah. I absolutely hate this because I'm feel like i'm being looked at from a corporate perspective as a sucker as a stupid person that is going to mindlessly eat up a lot of what they are going to give to me because it's a game that i enjoy a game that i like that they make and that they know that if i if they put in a specific type of thing that's going to more or less get me to spend my money then that's where they're going to loop me in Mm mm-hmm a good case and example from a recent game that does something kind of similar with research data to incorporate how they work the psyches of people happens to be Activision. Now, we've known over the past couple of weeks from specific types of uh, documents that they've gone to trademark are the options of going through and in, like placing people placing specific gamers like against others that are either better than them or worse than them in order to have them sort of uh, get them feeling good or get them feeling like, oh, hey, if we insert like this loot box sort of element or something inside of it that if I see that specific weapon that that one person is using, it's like, hey, I want that weapon. I'm going to buy a loot box or something like that and see if I can do that, you know, and do this and do that. But it's also inside that document, it's like you basically have elements almost in mid-game to where you can buy a specific loot box, have it drop out of the sky. And this has actually been confirmed inside this Call of Duty multiplayer game where it's like for Call of Duty WW2, there is there is legitimately a option to where you can buy a loot box. It drops right in the middle of the field while you're playing a match. You get to open the crate. You get all sorts of various little things like randomized because that's how basically they are, randomized. Sort of mm-hmm. like a gambling little thing. You're gambling bits of your money in order to basically take a chance upon what you're going to get in this crate. You're going to get the various items and stuff. And it ha- if it happens to be a weapon, 
that is going to be beneficial to you during that match, that's going to get the mind of the opponent thinking, oh, hey, if he's getting a good weapon while, you know, he beat me with that weapon pretty much because he was down for most of the match, why shouldn't I do the same thing? It's that type of logic and stuff like that which ties into sort of like how 2K is like, you know, the statement that 2K made with how much money they've been making from microtransactions and stuff like that. That type of psychological research and data that these big-name companies are doing, that's playing into how much how much like success that these microtransactions are getting. Because here's the thing. Modern gamers, they're apathetic when it comes to specific things in games, specific features in games. A lot of them don't care. A lot of them don't want to go deeper than, say, just picking up the game, playing it maybe once a year, or maybe even like playing a handful of games or something like that and have this. The only people who seem to, the only gamers who seem to care enough about this that they're going to go forth and maybe talk about it, like, say, how you, Tyler, and I are doing, are pretty much the ones that have been inside the gaming industry in terms of, like, how much we've been playing games with specific people, like, how much news that we've been delving into, you know? We know a little bit more than, say, the average person does about mm-hmm. video games. So... It just makes me kind of sick just to think that I am basically looked upon as a potential prey to big corporate companies in order to, say, try to suck every little bit of, like, cash that I earn into this. There's It's always an option with this. But each time it seems like there's going to be potentially more type of incentives in order to try to, you know change the thought process and stuff of maybe wanting to invest inside this and that but other than that i've been rambling on a little bit too long <laughs> it's fine buddy no i mean it's a it's a it's a big thing now and and we talked about we've talked about it a few weeks ago um kind of like this is this has been something's going on for a long time now and yeah. uh this is kind of the year where um like i said they're not these aren't going to go away this is, this is going to be a thing and they're going to continue to kind of push and push and push and see what they can get away with um and when they find they find the very edge of where they can get to with people where people start pushing back and it starts getting bad then they're going to stop there yes um, here it's been a natural progression like for over the past 10 years yeah cuz think about it with the introduction of the Xbox 360 and the PS3 there have been strives of things that have been happening to lead us through to this current time in 2017 we had the whole element of like horse DLC back in Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion, which mm-hmm. that introduced that introduced us to cosmetic DLC that was not really much like, uh, which basically seems really tame right now. You're paying dollar, you're paying some money in order to have a skin on a fucking horse. Yeah. But uh, at that time, it was viewed as outrageous and crazy because it wasn't like a typical downloadable content. Like, people have gotten, say, like on PC with expansions and this and that and stuff. It's progressed from cosmetic DLC to online passes to play for multiplayer games. It's basically gone through like the introduction of free-to-play stuff and sort of like a whole microtransaction thing on top of that, you know, afterwards... And now here we are currently in 2017 where it's like now it's just companies 
trying to do more predatory tactics with, say, how they manipulate a loot crate and how they're going to insert it and have you spend money on this sort of things. So, with the cost of games being extravagant for these AAA companies, they're finding more and more ways in order to out try to trick people into spending what they want them to spend. Which they want, if if they had it their way, if they want it their way, every single month, every single drop of what you have in sort of your bank account, they want. And they'll try to do it, whatever. But that's just me being like, uh, I think that's just me kind of being paranoid in a certain aspect. Yeah, well, no, they want to make as much, they want to be as profitable as possible. They're they're big companies. They want to make, the key is for them, they they want to make money. Um, Yeah. And like I said, this is kind of a big battle and... I, and I said this a few weeks ago, and I feel this, I still feel that today. Like, um, if you guys, if there's games out there that you that you want to play that you like to have microtransactions in them, still buy them. Cause, oh, absolutely. Because here's like I said, I'm going to say it again: is that say you buy you refuse to buy Star Wars because of microtransactions, uh, Battlefront Two, and it was like, well, I'm, I don't. This is my way of showing that I like I really want that game, but this is my way of showing them that I don't want microtransactions. Well, that's, they're not going to see that. They're going to look at... That game's still going to sell 15, 20 million copies. And they're going to look at those 20, 15, 20 million people and see who bought them, how many bought, how many people bought microtransactions, how much money they spent on them, recur, like, recurring users, how many of those 15, 20 actually bought some. Exactly. Um, so the, the people that didn't but, buy it, that doesn't, they're not going to count that to them. To them, that but, doesn't matter. What it would make a difference is if you did buy that game but did not spend any for microtransactions at all. Exactly. That would definitely send more of a stern message than, say, to protest or something of the game. It's like, oh, it has microtransactions of it on it and stuff. I'm not going to buy it at all. Yeah. But if you did buy the game, let's say, like a Shadow of War or a Battlefield 2, and you didn't spend anything in terms of microtransactions, the big if enough of people don't do that, big-name companies are going to say, oh, God, what the hell? Yeah. That was useless. And you look at something like NBA 2K18 when that, like, it's been going on for a long time. People have getting pissed about it. But this year was like kind of like, when I, like I said, like they, they pushed over the edge a little bit. So then like, ooh, we got to take some sets back. So I guarantee you next year is going to be way different than this year's. Um, I'm hoping so at least. But I think they're going to they're gonna take some steps back and they should because um, NBA 2K18 is probably the worst, um, the worst game when it comes to um, bullshit microtransactions. But the thing oh, yeah. is, like I said, like we're in this battle with with these big gaming companies about microtransactions but unfortunately yeah we're like we are like we know way more than most people do the, the people that are expending the most money I, I guarantee a lot of those people don't listen to listen to the podcast or they don't like they don't really read GameSpot. they don't no. go to ig and they're definitely not listening to us they don't listen to giant no Ball. no no Any... the, these are the type of people that work full-time they probably have a couple different jobs they probably have maybe minimal time in order to maybe enjoy their off time and stuff or if they do or something like that they just play maybe one or two games a year if not that and they're gonna spend on what they feel is gonna be appropriate they don't think anything more than that yeah which at the same time if if you're okay with spending that money then i guess spend the money i mean is it shitty and all that yeah but for you if you know if you were somebody that doesn't have a lot of time and you want this to get get there faster or whatever then that's your prerogative i guess you know like my sister um she buys she has gta 5 she plays all the time still and then she has she buys a new call of duty every year i i buy it for her every year for christmas and um that's it that's all she buys 
and actually she bought Friday Thirteenth this earlier this year. But other than that, <clears throat> she spends she spends a good chunk of money on on microtransactions for GTA Five and the Call of Duties every year, and she's happy with it. She's fine with it. It's like she got this cool stuff she likes. Um, so who am I to sit there and say you know like you're stupid or whatever? I'm not going to say that. Exactly. Do I like it? No. Uh, I was like, ooh, like that's mm. it's it's a tough place to be in. Like we're personally like we gotta like. That's as far as it really can. I think it should go at this point in time. And the cosmetic stuff, like over, like I said, Overwatch, I think found the best system for it. Uh, I feel that the, way too. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's it sucks, and uh, it's even still a thing. But they're, they're probably the best example for like how it should be done. It's like, hey, loot boxes, you get one every time you level up. You can spend, yep. uh, you can buy one for a dollar, or you could, you know, you do the best value thing. You spend fifty bucks, you get sixty loot boxes or seventy-five. I don't know how many it is, but um. And it's just all cosmetics and stupid voice lines and costumes and emblems, shit like that. Um, yeah, I mean, and I, I forgot to mention mention this, but while I was playing Assassin's Creed Origins, um, kind of, so they have a they have a currency called Helix that is yes. only you can only be earned by buying with with with, with real money. Like you spend five bucks, you get five hundred. A hundred oh, Helix yes. is a hundred Helix points is one dollar, and you only get that by by buying it with real money. And they have like. You, they have a. You can buy packs where it has like consumables and crafting material, um, and they're called time savers. And so you can buy you can buy ability points, uh, which you get an ability point every time you level up for your skill tree. So for five bucks, you can buy three ability points for your skill tree. Um, and the skill tree is fucking huge, and there's a lot of stupid shit in the skill tree. So it feels like it was designed for that. Um, in a way for that, they've had skill trees in the past as great games though um but a really shitty thing they do is after you beat the prologue you finish prologue they give you just give you 200 helix points what which is just enough to buy the cheapest thing there so you can either get like uh i think it's like ammo or something like that or you get crafting stuff so it's like it's basically like here's a little bit of crack so Ah. then like it's basically like getting you in the doorway to like ooh, you like that you like the fact that you got a bunch of crafting materials so you can up you can uh, get better gear uh, up your hp or something like that, uh, damage all that uh so you want to spend more money and there's I, I will admit like i was like ooh, like for like for five bucks i can get like a bunch of freaking crafting material and then, like after i did that i'm like ooh, i didn't spend any money but it's like it's been tempting a couple times i'm like ooh, yeah mm, i kind of want that kind of want that it's it that's what they do it's really shitty it's disgusting um but it's the thing they did um that's how they get you yeah (laughs) yeah it's like they're the drug dealer giving you that free sample to get you hooked um so yeah it's gross uh it's just i you just gotta kind of people gotta stick to if like yeah it's tempting and they they built it purposely for that and i know that and i like i said i've bought in microtransactions and games i've bought in loot boxes and, and overwatch I bought in skill points in MLB The Show. I bought NBA 2Ks and the older ones when I used to play them a lot more. Um, and NBA, that's a big reason I don't even buy, I don't even, I don't buy NBA 2K anymore. Is because it, it became so microtransaction heavy that it kind of ruined the game. Where it's like you, you you progress so slowly that your character was shit. Unless you put 50 hours into it, you become mediocre. Or for 20 bucks, you, like, you go from being one of the worst players in the league to all of a sudden you're fucking lebron james uh dunking people so like you lose that 
natural progression of like it's a time saver so it's like oh well you didn't really feel like you earned it so it's like it kind of ruined the game for me in that way uh, but it's like i don't want to i don't i don't want to put 50 hours in game just so i can be mediocre so it's just yeah i don't know it's it's a it's a tough situation and like i said the the problem is is that, yeah we're at war i guess for lack of a better term with these companies but unfortunately the, the, we're the we're like fighting this but it, all the other people over here um are like the, the casual people that only you know that only play the handful of games here or whatever even there might be people hardcore gamers that do it but people that don't even think about it don't know this is the thing that's happening uh really are gonna be the ones that are gonna buy them buy them the most probably and yeah i mean you're gonna i this is definitely not gonna go away in games like call of duty uh the big the battlefields battlefronts uh the big AAA games but i think you're gonna see i wouldn't be surprised to see smaller games um that we're doing it are more hardcore gamer games i guess um all oh, these know. microtransactions are here to stay but it's yeah. just the but in terms of how they're going to be worked around and stuff it's going to be this is pretty much the year where it's an experimental thing with a lot of the loot boxes you have games that are previously that never had loot boxes all of a sudden incorporating them like say rocket league does have some elements where you can use like i've done this before where i have like i purchased like a little key or something off of psn with the last remaining things of like psn money before mm-hmm. to unlock a couple of like loot crates or something like that to where it's like you get a little little bits of things here and there but it's just it's just now that uh, the big name companies are working on it to where they are fine-tuning a lot of the microtransaction stuff, which is too far, which is, like, uh, not enough, which is this way and that way and stuff. I hate it, but at the same time, it's like, this is probably going to be something we're going to be having to deal with for a while. But, hell, doesn't mean we're going to have to like it or even accept it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we, we've been talking about this for a while now, so I think it's time to move on, but, yeah, uh, Something we gotta keep in mind as we go on. Um, but I want to mention one thing real quick. Uh, uh, Champions Ballad, I believe is what it's called, the uh, second um, deal pack for the DLC for Breath of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah, um, we have a release more of a release window now. They officially put it in the eShop. It's coming out in December. Oh um, man! So yeah, the, so the real reason we all bought the DLC pack, not for the first part, because fuck that. Oh my god, the first part was so fucking hard. Yeah, fuck that. Um, so yeah, that's coming out soon. Hopefully, they sounds like we might hear some news here in the next, hopefully in the next few weeks. Uh, Reggie did an interview about it, and he didn't really say any details, but said they'll say something soon. So maybe the next couple weeks we'll get like a like a some more details on it. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna be pretty cool. I, I got the DLC season pass thing for it, so I am. Uh, yeah, I'm ready for that. I'm ready to jump back into that um into that game but anyways uh i think that's going to be a show for the week uh well thank you guys uh for listening if you want to hear more from us we have a facebook page and group drunk nerds podcast on there uh like and join us on twitter is at drunk nerds pod uh follow us on there and then also on itunes obviously we're on there drunk dash nerds podcast and uh on youtube drunk nerds podcast uh subscribe to us on there like our videos please leave a comment we really greatly appreciate that do the same on itunes actually Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, force fine as well. Uh, leave a comment. It'd be great. We'd really appreciate it. And last but not least, we are on Drunk Nerds Podcast. On, uh, Drunk Nerds Podcast is our channel on twitch.tv. Um, follow us on there. Yeah, follow us on there. And send us a friend request. Friends are cool. 
Um, I did a shit ton of streaming from uh, the Ginger Boy 507 uh, channel and also the Drunkenness Podcast channel on um, Twitch uh, or yeah on on Twitch during Extra Life. Um, so there's a bunch of videos on there. We also added I put them all all the videos I did are on our YouTube page uh, as well, Drunkenness Podcast. So a lot of me playing video games and me being very tired. If you want to check those out, but um. Other than that, thank you guys once again for listening. I was your host. I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. So until next time, everyone, I hope you have yourself a good day. Honestly, crack yourself. (laughs) Crack yourself something sweet. Enjoy yourself. And pretty much, just fuck. Have a good week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And don't smoke crack. Exactly. Crack yourself a fine one. Yeah, that's <laughs> cracking a cold one with the boys. That's okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya. beers there anyways we're on itunes now so go on there check us out and if you like us leave us a review and we'll even shout you out and jack will send you his credit card number